Welcome back, guys, to the Talking Ball Podcast. Thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you guys for tuning in as well. Today we have a great episode. We talk about the NFL games, we talk about news, and we even talk about a record that was set. So let's get into it. So the NFL games, week number nine, they do conclude tonight. Um, tonight, Monday, November 7th, as the um Baltimore Ravens and New Orleans Saints kick off at 8 p.m. tonight. Well, 7 p.m. for us. And so, yeah, this will be fun. But, yeah, let's recap the other games. So the first game to talk about here is an upset win for the New York Jets, winning 20-17 to over the rival Buffalo Bills. The Bills move on to 6-2, and and the Jets move on to 6-3 and on the year. The next game here is the Panthers and the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals won that game 42 to 21. Bengals winning Bengals sitting at 5 and 4 on the year and the Panthers are 2 and 7. The next game here is the Seahawks at the Cardinals. The Seahawks win take that one by 10 points 31 to 21 against the Cardinals. Seahawks move on to 6 and 3 and the Cardinals move on to 3 and 6. A late ta- a late rally game here yesterday last night Rams at Buccaneers. Bucks steal the game 16 to 13 against the Rams. Buccaneers sit four and five on the year, and the Rams three and five. Titans and Chiefs last night. Titan Chiefs win a close one at home, 20 to 17 against the Titans. Titans move on to six uh, five and three. Chiefs move on to six and two. And then let's see here. Other games. Load up, please. Okay. Well, let's talk about the other ones. So, yeah, I forgot to talk about the Thursday, November 3rd game, Eagles at Texans. Eagles won that one 29-17. Chargers at Falcons. Chargers win 20-17. Okay, so the Eagles, sorry, the Eagles moved on to 8-0 and the Texans move on to 1-6-1. Chargers at Falcons. Chargers win that game 20-17. Chargers win. Chargers move on to 5-3. Falcons 4-5. Dolphins at the Bears. Dolphins win a close one against the Bears, 35-32. Dolphins move on to 6-3. Bears move on to 3-6. Raiders at Jaguars. Jaguars take a pretty good one, 27-20 against the Raiders. Raiders move on to 2-6. Jags, 3-6. Colts at Patriots last night, yesterday. Patriots demolished the Colts, 26-3. Patriots move on to 5-4. Colts, 3-5-1. Tech, uh, almost the Texans, <laughs> Vikings at Commanders. Vikings win that game 20 to 17. Vikings move on to 7 and 1. And oh, what just happened here? I clicked on one of the games and it went uh it went to a recap of that game. Now, now I have to find out what game I was at again. Oh boy. Okay. Let's see if I can find it without it lagging out on me. That would be much appreciated. Oh, I'm gonna have to re- I have to refresh it again. Hopefully I can find it because I kind of need to talk. Come on. Okay, here we go. I think I think it loaded up the games now. Um no it did not. What the heck? What <laughs> This happens to me all the time when I'm recording and it actually really sucks. Um I don't know why it's not loading the rest of the games. It's I had them all right here and now they're just not there. I, I don't know what to do. Um uh, okay, well let's 
Okay, no, I think we're I think we got it. I think we're good. Okay, okay, okay. We're good. So Raiders at Jaguars, we talked about that 27-20. Colts at Patriots. Okay. Um, next game, Packers at Lions. Lions win a rivalry game against the Packers. Not 15 to 9. Lions move on to 2 and 6. Packers 3 and 6. Bills at Jets. Jets win that rivalry game. 20 to 17. I talked about it. Panthers at Bengals. Pa- Bengals win that 42-21. Um Titans at Chiefs 2017. And then tonight, Ravens at Saints. So there you guys have it for the NFL games. My apologies. I'm sorry that that happened. Um, I hate when it does that. Anyway. Okay, moving on to the next thing here is going to be latest league updates from today, Monday, November 7th. So post-NFL action. We always have some things to talk about on here. So Panthers with injuries to quarterback Sam Darnold, ankle activated off injured reserve. Browns, injuries to running back Jerome Ford with an ankle designated to return from injured reserve, and defensive end Chase Winovich with a hamstring injury designated to return from injured reserve. Signing to center Jordan Meredith, practice squad, and they cut center Brock Hoffman from practice squad. So in a corresponding move, they sign and they cut a center. Moving on to the Packers, running back Aaron Jones will undergo undergo more tests Monday to determine the nature of his ankle injury, per Ian Rappaport. Jones had inconclusive x-rays after Sunday's game. And linebacker Rashawn Gary suffered a torn ACL in Sunday's loss to the Lions, per Ian Rappaport. The pass rusher will undergo an MRI to determine if there's additional damage. Gary has started all nine of Green Bay's games, totaling six sacks. Fourth-year player was on pace for a career year before suffering the season-ending injury against Detroit. You always really hate to see guys go down like that, especially when they're on pace to do something great in a season because nothing makes me happier as a football fan than seeing guys be great in a season. And really talented players, too. They just deserve it so much. And it's just it sucks to see guys go through injuries and – not be able to compete the way, you know, the way they should be able to. And injuries that hold them back, you know, it's something you can't control. It's just, it's so, it's so tough to see. Um, But there you guys have it for the kind of the league news. I guess there's just a few things. And so, yeah, let's move on to the next thing. So here's a big one. So here's kind of a deeper dive into the Bills-Jets game. Tight end Tyler Conklin kind of had this to say, we're not the same old Jets. Kind of talking about how when they had the disappointing week eight loss to the Patriots um, and everyone was kind of saying, you know, it's just the same old Jets and Conklin kind of comes out and says after this, um, this shocking win against the Bills kind of saying, yeah, we're not the same old Jets anymore. Like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a tough, you know, it, it it's, it really is one of those wins where you look at it and say, you know, this has, this team has to be taken seriously because the Bills are a talented team. The Bills are extremely talented. They are up there in the AFC. They're up there in the whole NFL as one of the best teams in the league right now. And to be able to beat a team like that, yeah, that says a lot. Um, and I and I know the Jets, you know, to be taken more seriously, but, you know, sometimes their record just doesn't always prove that. And, and record doesn't always matter, you know. Um, I've seen teams with really bad losing records and they've had upsets over certain teams yeah it may be less likely to happen just based on like maybe how they're like what the trend is that they're playing like that season but you never know um and so 
it's nice to see, you know, nice to see competition in the AFC East. It's nice to see the Bills not just completely dominating everything. It's nice to see that they can lose and that they do lose. Um, so, yeah, that's – it really is interesting that they lost that. I thought it was – I remember kind of watching the tail end of that. Um, that was That was a very entertaining game. But, yeah, so he kind of says everybody in the locker room, this is from Tyler Conklin, didn't think they had a chance. Kind of been the story all season. God, everyone kind of thinks, oh, yeah, the same old Jets. Last week it was the same old Jets. Now they're not the same old Jets. Uh, New York kind of fell behind 14-3 to on Josh Allen's second touchdown run midway through the second quarter. The Jets could have packed it up against an excellent Buffalo team and just kind of called it quits. But after a Wilson, after a Zach Wilson fumble kind of wiped out a long red zone drive in the third quarter, it felt like the same old Jets might be, might be coming back after all. Sauce Gardner picks off Josh Allen, setting up a seven-yard touchdown from Zach Wilson to running back James Robinson, giving the Jets a 17-14 lead. Defense bow defense bowed up again, bowed up again in the fourth quarter, holding the Bills to just a field goal. From there, the run game took over. Michael Carter was 12-76-1. Robinson 13 for 48. Combined for 124 yards and a touchdown on 25 carries. The Jets rushed for 174 total yards on the day, moving them to 6-0 on the season when they run for 90-plus yards. And that is actually an incredible statistic. Coach Robert Sala had this to say, knows a lot of people are going to be surprised. I don't think there's a person surprised in the locker room. Kind of adding to what Tyler Conklin had to say. So really everyone was kind of, you know, playing the underdog role, which to me I can definitely appreciate appreciate that. I think that's really cool. Um but yeah, so Zach Wilson set a career high with a 72% completion percentage and a season high 101.1 passer rating. Um, so that's that's pretty good. But yeah, moving on to the next thing here is with the Carolina Panthers. So coach interim coach Steve Wilkes has fired two more assistant coaches in the wake of loss to the Bengals. Panthers interim coach Steve Wilkes made Monday morning coaching changes after the club's 42-21 blowout loss to the Bengals. Team fired cornerbacks coach Evan Cooper and defensive line coach Paul Pasqualani. Cooper, yeah, I said that pretty good. Hey, I'm pretty good. Um, Cooper joined the Panthers when former coach Matt Rule was hired back in 2020. Pasqualani, the former Syracuse head coach, was fired was hired this offseason. Moose continued the staff's overhaul since Rule was fired, along with defensive coordinator Phil Snow and assistant special teams coach Ed Foley last month. Panthers will give some of Cooper's duties with the DBs, with the defensive backs, the defensive assistant, Bobby Maffey, and interim DC, Al Holcomb, who will also play a more prominent role in that group. Assisting defensive line coach, Terrence Knight, and impasse rush specialist, Don Johnson, will continue to work with the D linemen. So it really does seem like, though, like, you know, they've had a lot of, the Panthers have really just had a lot of distractions this season, you know, coming in with the whole Robbie Anderson thing, then they trade him out, and then, which you kind of expected a while now. I mean, I didn't think, I mean, even you look back even last season too. I, I, I after last season and the 2020 season, stuff like that, I, I really didn't think Robbie Anderson was going to be with this team much longer. I'm actually surprised at how long he was there. Um, I, I just don't think he, I don't expect him to be, I, I just didn't expect him to be there, you know, be there much longer. And then that was a distraction. Then you got the whole, you know, code. they just need to figure shit out, honestly. I mean, that's just the point that I'm at right. Like with this right now is just, they just need to figure it out. Just 
I mean, obviously you want to win games, but they're just, they're not in a situation to be winning right now. They're, they don't have that environment. You know, they're not there. Um, they, They're just, right now they're just playing because they have to. That's, that's basically the way I look at it. That's basically how I see it at this point is they're just, they're just playing because they have to, not necessarily because they're good. Um, and, and I would love to see a more, you know, dominant Panthers team, but that's just not happening right now. They have a lot of stuff to figure out. They have a lot of shit to figure out on that sideline and in that front office, in that, in, in that just in that whole facility, they need to figure stuff out because it is not working out for them right now. And if a 42 to 21 blowout loss doesn't say that, I, I don't know. I don't know what does, uh, honestly. I mean, that that I don't know what else to even say. I, I really genuinely do hope, though, that they can figure stuff out because they need to. Uh, again, they're just playing because they have to at this point. Uh, but moving on to record-setting day. So this is NFL stats and records, NFL week number nine. Um, let's get into it. So the first one here is Tom Brady sets the game winning drive record, sets game winning drive record on a way to a hundred thousand pass yards. So after turning the ball over on downs at the Rams six yard line with under two minutes remaining, looked as though Tom Brady and the Bucks were staring at a three and six start. Then of course, we all know Tom Brady, the absolute goat of the NFL. He activated goat. He activated goat mode. I'm telling you, he really did. Brady, Tom Brady led a six-play drive that resulted in a one-yard pass touchdown to tight end Cade Otten. It was Brady's 55th career game-winning drive, breaking a tie with Peyton Manning for the most in NFL history. Manning, they were both tied at 54 to set Tom Brady's 55th. Brady also tied Manning for the most fourth-quarter comebacks all-time, banking the 43rd of his career. Brady, in the week number nine drive, was the first 12 drives. He went 31 for 52. 226 pass yards, zero pass touchdowns to zero picks. He had just about a 70 passer rating. And then the final drive, he went five of five of six for 54 pass yards on one touchdown to no picks on a 143.8 pass rating. So that basically just goes to show that, you know, when you really need him to show up the most, as we all know with Tom Brady, when you when you genuinely need him the most and when you need something and you know there's a you know there's just something there, just enough to start something. Tom Brady can really easily activate that and just go into GOAT mode. And it just shows that he shows up when you genuinely need him the most. You know, those first 12 drives, just barely 70% as a passer rating. The final drive almost has a perfect passer rating. Not almost, but it's up there. Uh, it, It just shows that, you know, he could have the crappiest game of his life and somehow they still have a, a chance to even win a game. You know, he could have the he could have the absolute worst game of his career, the absolute worst game of his life. But if there's someone as a chance to win, he will show up at the last minute and win the game. And that's truly what ends up mattering the most. Um, and so but yeah, so during the game also Brady was also becoming Brady also set the record as becoming the first in NFL history with a hundred thousand pass yards, including the playoffs. Uh, we can't talk about the second one because I'm going to be talking about that. The third one is Joe Mixon setting the Bengals record with five touchdowns. Mixon had 211, 211 scrimmage yards and five touchdowns in the Bengals' 42-21 win over the Panthers in Week 9, most by any player in Bengals franchise history. Mixon became the sixth player in the Super Bowl era to record 200 scrimmage yards and five touchdowns in a single game 
Others were Jonathan Taylor, Jamal Charles, Clinton Portis, Sean Alexander, and Jerry Rice, just to name a few. Joe Mixon is the first player in that Super Bowl era to record at least 150 rush yards, four rush touchdowns, 50 receiving yards, and a receiving touchdown in the same game. You know, I knew since Joe Mixon's been in the league, I knew he was going to be something special. Just, you know, he's a versatile pass catching back. He's very good, um, well-disciplined, really knows what he's doing. Uh, and really, when you're one of those smaller backs, I think it also makes it easier because you can just kind of slither through the line. You can kind of just, you know, you're speedy, you're quick, you're fast. Like it, it just, he's such a he's such a, a special player, and I, I, I'm really not shocked that he did this. Um, to be honest with you, I think he's a great player. I, I think he's underrated. I don't think he's talked about enough, honestly. Uh, I really like. I am a big fan of Joe Mixon. That's crazy. Uh, and then the next one here is Austin Eckler's touchdown train continues. Austin Eckler's continued to prove that he has overlooked in 2017. Undrafted free agent has multiple touchdowns in four of his last five games, including two against the Falcons in week nine. Was Eckler's 10th career game with at least one rush and one receiving score. Tied with Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara for the most in a player's first six seasons since 1950. Both are also in their sixth career season. Austin Eckler leads the NFL with 30 scrimmage touchdowns since last season, six more than the next closest player, which is Joe Mixon at 24. He now has 55 career touchdowns, trailing only Arian Foster with 65 from 2009 to 2014, for the most by an undrafted player in his first six seasons in the NFL. Uh, the next one here is Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell, greatest wide receiver duo ever? Question mark. Moss and Carter, Rice and Owens, Harrison and Wayne, Bruce and Holt, Swan and Stallworth, the list the best receiver duos in NFL history is not a long one, but there may be a new tandem to put atop that list. Jalen Hill and Jalen Waddell. NFL's fastest wide receiver duo of all time has been the most productive in their first season together. The duo has combined for 1,916 receiving yards, the most in a teammate's duo's first nine games in the Super Bowl era. Tyreek Hill has 1,104 receiving yards, or the most in the first nine games of any season over the same span. They have combined for the most receiving yards per game, 212.9 by a teammate duo in a single season, which is also the most by any duo to ever play at least eight games with each other. Duo's quarterback Tua Tagovailoa has thrown for 300-plus pass yards, three touchdowns, and no picks in back-to-back games, the first Dolphins player ever to do so in consecutive games. Dan Marino is the only Dolphins player to even have three pass touchdowns against no picks in two straight games. The next one is Patrick Mahomes making another second-half comeback in historic game. Patrick Mahomes had 446 pass yards and a touchdown, along with 63 rush yards and a touchdown in the Chiefs' 20-17 overtime win over the, over the Titans. Patrick Mahomes is the first player in the Super Bowl era to record at least 400 yards and a touchdown passing, and 60 yards and a touchdown rushing in the same game. Mahomes won his fifth consecutive game when trailing at halftime, which is the second such win streak of his career. Peyton Manning is the only other player with two such streaks in his career since quarterback starts began to be tracked in 1950. Number seven is Derrick Henry begins the late season dominance. King Henry continues to dominate the NFL as the calendar turns. Derrick Henry's averaged 135.4 rush yards per game in November and later since 2019. He put up 115 rush yards and two touchdowns in the Week 9 loss to the Chiefs. 
which had his 17th game with 100 or more yards and multiple touchdowns on the ground. Only five players in the Super Bowl era have more such games in their career. Jim Brown, 25, LaDainian Tomlinson, 25, Emmett Smith, 21, Sean Alexander, 19, and Walter Payton at 18. Derrick Henry leads the NFL in carries per game and rushing yards per game for the fourth consecutive season. Should he maintain that pace, he would break a tie with Hall of Famer Steve Van Buren from 1947 to 49 and Jim Brown from, from 1963 to 1965. It would be Derrick Henry's fourth career season average, career season averaging 100-plus rushing yards per contest. The only players in NFL history with more are Brown, seven, and fellow Hall of Famer Eric Dickerson with five. Bonus is with Justin Jefferson continuing to rewrite the record books in his young NFL career. Jefferson had his 19th career game with 100 or more receiving yards on Sunday. It's not only tied for the most by any player in the NFL since Jefferson was drafted in 2020, Devonta Adams and Cooper Cup, but is also tied for the most in a player's first three seasons in the Super Bowl era, Randy Moss and Odell Beckham Jr. Jefferson leads the NFL with 3,883 3, yards through the air over through the air over his first three NFL seasons since 2020. So that is just some, you know, record-breaking statistics and kind of, you know, guys on pace to do something. Uh, It's just truly magical to see. And I, as a football fan, can genuinely appreciate it. Uh, But moving on to the next thing here is, is there time to panic in Green Bay? Aaron Rodgers says that they hope to just dig deep and find a way to win. The Packers found themselves on the precipice of a lost year with a half season still to play, nearly impossibility in the Aaron Rodgers era before 2022. After amassing 39 regular season wins and two NFC Championship game appearances in the first in the team's first three seasons under head coach Matt Lafleur, the wheels appear to have officially fallen off following a 15 to nine defeat against the previously one win Detroit Lions. But for as bleak as things appear and as poorly as he admittedly played on his first three picks during since during interception day since 2017, Rodgers is still not ready to wave the white flag quite yet. When he decided to come back, he was all in. I don't make decisions. I don't make decisions and then hindsight 2020 have regrets about big decisions like that. I was all in and this is a lot of lessons for for sure this year, but luckily it's not over. There's a lot of games left will be counted out probably by many, and we'll see how we respond. And that's basically the approach he's taking, just kind of, you know, he knows that they haven't been playing the greatest. They know, he knows that they need to play way better. Um, <clears throat> and he knows that, you know, they're going to get counted out by people. It's just how you respond that honestly matters at that point. Um, but the Packers have lost five straight contests dating back to their London game against the Giants on October 9th. And their most recent defeat against Detroit was born from a cavicle from a cavalcade of mistakes that aren't necessarily indicative of a good team in a slump. Packers, uh, Rodgers and company did move the ball well. The offensive massed 389 yards, and Rodgers had a season-high 291 passing yards. The only time the offense failed to cross midfield was when the Packers received the ball with 15 seconds remaining in the second quarter and took a knee. So, yeah, even when there's just a bad, you know, bad play by a team – there's always positives to take out of it. You know, at least they move the ball. The biggest thing is, you know, they just, they got to find a way to score and they just, they have to, they just have to be scoring points, you know, cause only nine points for a, in total for a Packers team. That's just really not, you know, that's just unheard of only nine points. I mean, come on. 
there's something going on here. And honestly, I think a big part of it too is I, I think they really are missing Devonte Adams. I think Devonte Adams being shipped out was a huge mistake. I think this season definitely proves that they needed him um, and that, you know, he was a big part of that offense. And that's why I was so shocked when they traded him away. You know, I, I don't think Randall Cobb, you know, as good of a player as he is, I don't think he replaces Devonte Adams well. Um, I, I really do. I think shipping out Devonte Adams was the worst mistake they possibly could have made. Um, and I, I think they needed him really badly. Like genuinely, I think they needed him. Um, and I think that just shows it this season, but you know, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. And I, I still think that they could do something. It's just, yeah, they're definitely hurting. They need, you know, and they have, you know, players coming up. They have Alan Lazard. They have Christian Watson, although he's been hurt. They have, you know, Romeo Dobbs. They have, they have guys, you know, they just gotta, they gotta figure it out. Um, and it's not overnight either. It won't be overnight. It won't be an overnight fix. You know, they're just going to have to dig deep and, and find a way to do it. Uh, but let, let me know what you guys think about that. And time to move on to our next thing. So Bears' Justin Fields sets quarterback record with 178 rush yards versus the Dolphins. Uh, let's see here. Okay. So Justin Fields' promising second season has itself a historic chapter following the Bears' quarterback's latest performance on Sunday. With 178 rushing yards and a losing effort against the Miami Dolphins, Justin Fields sets the NFL record for a rough, for rushing yards by a quarterback in a single regular season game. The record was previously held by none other than Michael Vick, who had 173 yards against the Vikings in Week 13, 2002. The all-time quarterback rushing record is held by Colin Kaepernick, who rushed for 181 yards in a playoff game in 2013. Justin Fields' impressive day running the ball, including a thrilling 61-yard touchdown run in the third quarter that kept the Bears afloat against the high-powered Dolphins offense. Averaging 11.9 yards per attempt on Sunday, Justin Fields' playmaking capabilities on the ground have so far highlighted his noticeable growth in 2022. 23-year-old also showed a pronounced development as a passer amid his historic outing, completing 17 of 28 passes for for a 106.7 passer rating, Fields also threw a career-high three touchdown passes against the Dolphins, and he accounted for 301 yards of the Bears, 367 total offensive yards in the game. Justin Fields is the first player since at least 1950 with 150-plus rushing yards and three-plus passing touchdowns in a single game, per research. Walter Payton rushed for an NFL season game record 275 yards on November 20th, 1977 against the Vikings. So he's not the first guy to do that as a bear. Payton's record held for more than two decades before the Cincinnati Bengals' Corey Dillon broke it in 2000. Adrian Peterson currently holds his league single game standard for any position with his 296 yard showing as a member of the Vikings in 2007 against the Chargers. And finally, the very last thing we have to talk about today is with Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews has officially been downgraded to out for tonight's game against the Saints with a knee and shoulder injury. Tight end Mark Andrews has been downgraded to out again with a knee and shoulder. The team announced Sunday the all-pro tight end has been Jackson's favorite target this season, leading the team in receptions with 42, receiving yards 48, and touchdowns 5. Mark Andrews left the 27-22 Thursday night football win over the Bucks on October 27th with the shoulder injury, did not practice all week and was listed as doubtful on the initial injury report. His downgraded status comes three days after the Ravens announced wide receiver Rashad Bateman was undergoing foot surgery and would miss the remainder of the season. 
The cupboard is not entirely bare of the tight end position. However, Isaiah likely was stellar in relief of Andrews against Tampa Bay. Fourth round rookie collected his six catches for 77 yards and one touchdown. As for the receivers expected to step up in Bateman's absence for Baltimore's offense will be leading on Devin Duvernay and Demarcus Robinson. The AFC North leading Ravens 5-3 square off against the Saints 3-5 at 8-15 tonight on Monday Night Football. Well, that's the episode for you guys. Thank you so much for being here. Again, this is the Talking Ball Podcast with Anthony McCulley. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for listening. And I will see you guys in a couple days.